Chapter Seven of The Shadow of a Sin by Bertha M. Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven Hyacinth and Claude stood together, leaning against the stile. Something in the calm beauty of the summer morning awoke the brightest and purest emotions in him. Something in the early song of the birds and in the shining dewdrops made Hyacinth think more seriously than she had yet done. I wonder she said turning suddenly to her lover if we shall ever look back to this hour and repent what we have done i do not think so it were rather a fourth subject for pleasant reflection claude she cried suddenly what is that lying over there by the hedge it-it looks so strange he glanced carelessly in the direction indicated i can see nothing he replied my eyes are not so bright as yours look again claude it is something living moving something human i am sure what can it be he did look again shading his eyes from the sun there is something he said slowly but i cannot tell what it is let us see claude it may be someone ill who could it be in the fields at this time of the morning i would rather you did not go said claude uh, you do not know who it may be let me go alone but she would not agree to it and as they stood there they heard a faint moan claude cried the girl in deep distress someone is ill or hurt let us go and render assistance he saw that she was bent upon it and held out his hand to help her over the stile then when they were in the meadow and under the hedge screened from sight by rich trailing woodbines they saw the figure of a woman it is a woman claude cried hyacinth and then a faint moan fell on their ears hastening to the spot she pushed aside the trailing eglantines there lay a girl apparently not much older than herself fair of face with a profusion of beautiful fair hair lying tangled on the ground hyacinth bent over her are you ill she asked but no answer came from the white lips claude cried hyacinth she is dying make haste get some help for her let us see what is the matter first he said the sound of voices roused the prostrate girl she sat up looking wildly around her and flinging her hair from her face then she turned to the young girl who was looking at her with such gentle wistful compassion are you ill repeated hyacinth can we do anything to help you the girl seemed to gather herself together with a convulsive shudder as though mortal cold had seized her no thank you she said i am not ill i am only dying by inches dying of misery and bad treatment it was such a weary young face that was raised to them it looked so ghastly so wretched in the morning sunlight that hyacinth and claude were both inexpressibly touched though she was poorly clad and her thin shabby clothes were wet with dew and stained by the damp grass still there was something about the girl that spoke of gentle culture claude bent down looking kindly on the dreary young face there is a remedy for every evil and every wrong he said perhaps we could find one for you there is no remedy and no help for me she replied my troubles will end only when i die have you been sleeping under this hedge all night asked hyacinth yes i have no home no money no food something seemed to draw me here i had a notion that i should die here hyacinth's face grew pale there was something unutterably sad in the contrast between the bright morning 
and the crouching figure underneath the hedge are you married asked claude after a short pause yes worse luck for me she replied raising her eyes with their expression of guilt and misery to his i am married is your husband ill or away from you or what is wrong he pursued it is only the same tale thousands have to tell she replied my husband is not ill he simply drinks all day and all night drinks every shilling he earns and when he has drunk himself mad he beats me what a fate said claude but there is a remedy the law interferes to protect wives from such brutality the law cannot do much it cannot change a man's heart or his nature it can only imprison him and then when he comes out he is worse than before wise women leave the law alone why not go away from him and leave him ah why not only that i have chosen my lot and must abide by it though he beats me and ill-treats me i love him i could not leave him it was an unfortunate marriage for you i should suppose said hyacinth soothingly the careworn sufferer looked with her dull wistful eyes into the girl's beautiful face i was a pretty girl years ago she said fresh and bright and pleasing i lived alone with my mother and this man who is now my husband came to our town to work he was tall handsome and strong he pleased my eyes he was a good mechanic and made plenty of money but he drank even then when he came and asked me to be his wife my mother said i had better dig my grave with my own hands and jump into it alive than marry a man who drank she caught her breath with a deep sob i pleased myself she continued with a deep sigh i had my own way my mother was not willing for me to marry him so i ran away with him hyacinth vaughan's face grew paler you did what she asked gently i ran away with him repeated the woman and if i could speak now with a voice that all the world could hear i would advise all girls to take warning by me and rather break their hearts at home than run away from it paler and paler grew the beautiful young face and then hyacinth suddenly noticed that one of the woman's hands lay almost useless on the grass she raised it gently and saw that it was terribly wounded and bruised her heart ached at the sight does it pain you much she inquired the woman laughed a laugh more terrible by far than any words could have been i'm used to pain she said i put that hand on my husband's shoulder last night to beg him to stay at home and not to drink any more he took a thick knotted stick and beat it and yet poor hand it was not harming him hyacinth shuddered the woman went on we had a terrible quarrel last night he vowed that he would come back in the morning and murder me then why not go away why not seek a safe refuge she laughed again the terrible dreary laugh he would find me he will kill me some day i know it but i do not care i should not have run away from him why not go home again asked hyacinth ah no there is no returning no undoing no going back hyacinth raised the poor bruised hand i am afraid it is broken she said gently let me bind it for you she took out her handkerchief it was a gossamer trifle fine cambric and lace quite useless for the purpose required she turned to claude and asked for his the request was a small one but the whole after part of her life was affected by it she did not notice that claude's handkerchief was marked with his name in full claude lennox she bound carefully the wounded hand now she said be advised by us go away 
don't let your husband find you yeah go to london cried claude eagerly there is always work to be done and money to be earned there see i will give you my address you can write to me and i will ask my aunt or my mother to give you employment he tore a leaf from his pocket-book and wrote on it claude lennox two hundred belgrave square london he looked very handsome very generous and noble as he gave the folded note to the woman with two sovereigns inside it remember he said that i promise my mother will find you some work if you will apply to us she thanked him but no ray of hope came to her poor face she did not seem to think it strange that they were there that it was unusual at that early hour to see such as they were out in the fields heaven bless you she said gratefully a dying woman's blessing will not hurt you you will not die said claude cheerily you will be all right in time do you belong to this part no she replied we are quite strangers here i do not even know the name of the place we were going to walk to liverpool my husband thought he should get better wages there take my advice said claude earnestly leave him let him go his own road travel to london and get a decent living for yourself there i will think of it she said wearily and then a vague unconsciousness began to steal over her face you are tired said hyacinth gently lie down and sleep again good-bye the birds were singing gaily when they turned to leave her stay said claude what is your name anna barrett she replied and only heaven knows whether those were the last words she spoke end of chapter seven